0: Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier.
1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, in honor of Labor Day, a holiday that we have here in the United States, we will talk about how to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative in our work lives. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister and my partner in work, Elizabeth Kraft.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles. And yeah, Gretchen, this year I am all about work. <laughs> you this are. This is my year of work.
1: This is your year of work. Now, before we jump into this big topic of Happier Labor Day, um, we got this interesting response from Lisa, uh, which is relevant to this theme of being happier at work, and she writes about a way to get your own work done while also being of service to others.
0: Yeah, she says, in episode 177, you talked about Jill and the many requests she gets as someone who works at home to do favors slash service to others. I totally agreed with everything you said, which was to say no, but had one thing to add. Many people want to be able to serve others, but get overwhelmed by the requests and so end up saying no to everything or being resentful, as you discussed. I find it helpful to put a boundary on my service, like an hour a week or set up a specific time, Fridays 1 to 3, where I'm available to do favors for others. If serving is important to you, then you feel guilty when you say no. But if you've decided when and how long you are going to serve, then you can reassure yourself that you do serve. You give of your time generously. It's just structured in a way that works for you. I've done this with church service requests and also with school volunteer requests. I try to decide one thing I'm going to do at the beginning of the year, help with the book fair or go to my child's class two hours a month, for example. And then when all the other emails come in, I can say to myself, I'm already doing my part.
1: Now see, I think this is a, a great way to strike that balance where you're not saying no to everything, yeah, but you're doing it in a way where you can plan on it. It's limited so it doesn't start taking over. And you know that if you say yes to some things, you're going to to say no to other things. And so I I thought this was a great solution.
0: Yeah. And I totally get like choosing what you're going to do at the beginning of a school year, for example, just helps everything come into focus. So you're not constantly sort of saying yes to things that you know you can't really do, but you don't want to say no. Instead, you go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing the book fair, you know. Right, right. Well, and then also
1: back to Jill and her situation with her neighbors kept asking her to do things because she was sort of at home. She could say like, well, on Friday afternoon, I can do it. If you can arrange for this to happen on Friday afternoon, then I'm yeah. I'm happy to do it. But if it's something that where it's going to take all day Monday, or it's about taking care of your dog every day for a week, then that's not something that I'm available to do. But there are certain things that I can say yes to because I've decided that that could work with my schedule. So it's a great way to strike that balance. Yeah. Now for hashtag Happier Labor Day. So we've been talking yeah. about this for the last several weeks, yes. And for anyone who just is hearing about Happier Labor Day, just as Valentine's Day is a day to think about your romantic relationships and New Year's Day is a day to think about what you want to achieve in the upcoming year, we are proposing that we all use Labor Day as a day to think about our own labor, our own work life. Now, in the not every country has Labor Day obviously. um, We've heard from many listeners about how they're adapting this themselves. In the United States, this holiday is observed every year. In September, this year it's on September 3rd. And so we've been asking for your ideas, observations, aims, questions related to this idea of happier Labor Day.
0: Yeah. And Gretchen, we're also going to be talking about Happier Labor Day, hashtag Happier Labor Day on Happier in Hollywood, where we're going to be discussing um, whether or not your work defines you and should it, um, among other things. And um, Chris Guillebeau on Side Hustle School is also going to be discussing Happier Labor Day. So. We're doing it across all of the onward shows. Right. It's a big subject. Now, and obviously, Gretchen, we can reflect on what would give us a happier work life at any time during the year. Yeah. Um, So yes, questioners, this is an (laughs) arbitrary time we're picking. Yeah. Um, But as you always say, Gretchen, something that can be done at any time is often done at no time. So we are picking Labor Day as the day.
1: Yeah, which is coming up. Now, this is an issue that people point out often about sort of life in general and happiness in general, which is that we tend to address an issue in our lives, whether it's our work life or our personal life or whatever, only if we have a problem. Mm. And maybe not even then. You know, it it's, mm-hmm. can be tempting to just coast along and hope that things will work out or, or get better on their own. Um, there's the problem of like the important versus the urgent. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, we get so busy managing, kind of putting out the immediate fires that we don't step back and ask ourselves the big questions like... How can I be happier at work? Should I be doing something completely different? Do I, you know, how do I strategize about where I want to go next? It just, you're so busy just managing the day-to-day. You don't take the time to step back and ask those big questions, but they're important. So this is a Mm -hmm. way to just create a catalyst for that.
0: Yeah, so Gretchen, it's helpful to have an external prompt to ask yourself, what could you do to make your work life happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? What do you want to accomplish in your year of work? So today largely thanks to all of the great um, input we've gotten from our yeah. listeners, yeah. we're going to have a blend of try this at homes, happiness hacks, know yourself betters, listener questions and other insights and observations about happier Labor Day from our listeners.
1: So one interesting point came from Orla, who's Irish, and she notes that they don't have this holiday in Ireland on September 3rd, but she thought it was a very helpful framework And she liked the idea of doing it now because that is when their school year starts, just like in the United States, that's when our school year starts, so it feels like a new beginning. Um, And she plans to use this idea of annual reflection with her team. She wrote, I think it's a great idea to formalize this process, and while I'm happy where I'm working right now, it's a good time to get my team together and refocus. So this year, I've already planned a series of meetings to allow us to do just that, and we can start the new year, you know, this ongoing year, with renewed focus and clarity. I've also clarified my vision of where I want us to go as a team and where I want myself to go as an individual so this is also something where you could do it as an individual as she says or you can also have a team come together and say where do we want to go this year again it can be a catalyst for a team
0: yeah it's great to do this as a group I mean because yeah. then when the group is all moving in the same direction you know you're going to more likely end up where you want to be <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs>
0: now in episode 26 we talked about the try this at home of choosing a one word theme for the year and you could choose a one word theme specific to your work year
1: yeah Now i think this is a really great creative way to really distill what you're trying to do um you and I have d- both done this for a while now. Mm-hmm. Last year, my theme was delegation to remind myself to like be better about delegating, which is something I'm not good at. The year before that was repurpose, which is still kind of mm. reverberating through my work life. I really am always thinking about how do I repurpose? It's really been helpful for me of focusing. And Elizabeth, you've got some phrases that you've used, um, it's not just one word, but a couple words for your theme. Yes,
0: yeah, Sarah and I picked um, for our show, um, what it's really come down to now is for our show The Fix, relentless. Relentlessly entertaining is our theme, <laughs> and that's what we're trying to make it. We want every scene to be entertaining. It's kind of
1: like so the happiness. bullet. we're always asking
0: everybody, is this relentlessly entertaining?
1: It's like the um, happiness bully. You're not, you're just going to crack yeah. the whip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, And then the mantra that I chose for this sort of season of work that I'm in, um, I got from Liz Dolan, who's a satellite sister, Uh when she was on our show. um, And it's strong, calm, kind. Ah. She says she tries to be two out of three at all times at work. (laughs) (laughs) And then, Gretchen, um, Sarah and I had another one-word theme, um, which was expand. Yeah. So that's our other sort of we want to expand.
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. Now, uh, on Instagram, Emily, our listener, wrote, my word for this year will be reflect. I want to do better about thinking about my practices and acting mindfully rather than reacting in the moment. Well, Mm. I think that's a word that a lot of people could benefit from. That's a terrific one word thing. It can be
0: Very hard at work not to react in the moment.
1: Yes, Yes, at work especially.
0: That's where I get the opposite of strong, calm, kind, which I've said is weak, hysterical, and mean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what you've got to avoid. Yes, strong, calm, kind is the antidote to that. Yes. Yeah. Now, a listener raised an interesting issue. Um, we want to think about our work, but then we don't want to overthink our work. So you, mm. you want this to be helpful and constructive, but you don't want to tie yourself up and not. So now um, this person asked to be anonymous and wrote, I love the idea of using Labor Day as a time to reflect on my work life. My problem is that I just started a new job at the beginning of July, and I find myself wondering frequently, did I make the right choice? Am I stuck here now? Can I see myself doing this in the long term? I think acts of reflection around your work are extremely important. But I think I'm worrying too much about this job rather than settling in and getting acclimated. I want to adjust to a big transition and reflect thoughtfully on my work life while at the same time not overthinking it. So I think that's a great Mm. thing. Like sometimes you have to say, like, I just I need to pace myself. I don't need to Mm -hmm. ask myself every big question, every moment, especially when I'm still getting myself settled in. So that's a very good point.
0: Yeah, because you might not know yet if it's the right job. You just kind of have to wait and see. Yes, So Gretchen, as we think about how to have a happier work life, here's a know yourself better that can help us identify how to do that. If you could magically achieve one aim in your work life over the next year, what would it be? Would you magically learn a new software program, get a new boss or switch careers?
1: So I think I'm a big fan of this magical question. Mm. I think that it can be intimidating and scary to think about what you really want and that sometimes our desires feel embarrassing or impossible. So we almost Mm. don't even want to admit them to ourselves. But you're much more likely to achieve an aim if you've identified it. And so I think saying, well, if you could magically achieve it, if there were no obstacles and you could just wave your magic wand, I think sometimes it helps us to confront what we really want and articulate it. And in my observation, once you've articulated that you want something, it becomes much, much easier to actually get it. And when you're hiding it Mm. from yourself, then it's much less likely to come true. And so I like this magical question, you know. What would magically happen?
0: Well, Gretch, I'm very curious. If you could magically have something happen in the next year, what would it be?
1: If I could magically have something happen, actually, I think I would turn this into a talk show on TV. I think that would be uh-huh. so fun. I would use my magic in that way.
0: Yeah, then we would have viewers as well as listeners. <laughs> That's right. That's
1: right. That's right. Now, how about you, Elizabeth?
0: Well, Gretch, I have to say there's no magic to this. It's really just like blood, sweat, and tears, (laughs) but I would have a hit television show. I would have The Fix be a huge hit when it comes out in the spring. Um, But unfortunately, I feel like that's, you know, in the hands of sort of everyone who's working on the show. Although I would certainly welcome some magic fairy dust (laughs) to help us along.
1: That's right. That's right. Now, here's a happiness hack, Elizabeth. that that I have to say I was inspired by you um, when I observed you at work, uh, hard at work on the fix. In your work life, do you have a piece of technology or equipment that's obsolete or isn't working properly, but you haven't pushed yourself to deal with the hassle of replacement? Now, I Mm -hmm. think... To be happier at work, excellent tools make work so much easier and more pleasant. And when you have something that is on the brink of breaking down, it's always a risk that it's inevitably going to break down at the worst possible moment. And Elizabeth, I think you know what I'm thinking of when I say <laughs> that I came to visit you and I was like, oh my gosh, you have a piece of obsolete equipment you need to upgrade right now.
0: Yes, my phone was just really old. It was so constantly old. just sh- shutting down. <laughs> um, and this is when we were like, trying to do a pilot. So I was getting a ton of information. I would constantly be having to ask Sarah what was going on because I wasn't getting emails or my phone was shutting down. And of course it was the last possible moment that I wanted to go out and get a new phone. Right. But eventually I did.
1: Yeah. And then it just works so much better. And so it's like push yourself. If there's something in your work life where you're like, my laptop isn't really working or my desk chair isn't really working Mm -hmm. or, you know, my lamp is broken. Take a minute or take a day and deal with it because when you have the tools that you need, your work is so much more pleasant.
0: Yeah. Now, Gretchen, one issue that many, many listeners raised uh, was not being very happy in their work, but not knowing what else they wanted to do or how to go about making a change. I mean, this is probably one of the biggest thing we heard.
1: Oh, yeah. And this is huge. And this is a major happiness stumbling block. That feeling of like, I'm not in the right place, but I don't know where to go. That's going to drain your happiness. That's a hard situation to be in.
0: So what can people do if they're not happy in their work, but they don't know what to do about it?
1: Well, so it's a very complex thing, but I think here are a couple steps that I think can help. One is to identify the problem, Uh, because a lot of times people say, like, I'm stressed out or I'm not fulfilled, but it's very vague and loose and kind of covers everything. And in my observation, when you identify the problem, it starts to be much easier to see solutions or how a different situation might remedy something or not remedy something. So Mm -hmm. maybe you're not happy at work, but is it because you don't like the work itself? Is it that you don't like the people that you're working with? Is it that you have a terrible commute? Is it that you don't have control over your time? These are all very valid and common reasons that people aren't happy at work, but they're very different in terms of what would you do to solve that problem or Mm -hmm. how can you look for a different circumstance that would be better for you? Because- The more specific you are, then the more constructive you can be about solving a problem.
0: Right, because you could be happier at the work you're in, you know, if you make some of these changes as opposed to having to totally change your job.
1: Right, or maybe you like the work, but you just really don't like your coworkers. It's like, well, you could go to a different, a similar job, but in a different place, and that could be different. If you don't like the work itself, it's not going to matter if you have different people because you're not solving the problem that you have. right? And kind of related to that, I think, is to really ask yourself the hard questions. And this is back to the kind of know yourself better, where it can be painful to look into the mirror and really say, what do I like? What do I Mm. dislike? What do I want to do more of? What do I want to do less of? And really try to get clarity on that. I mean, it's kind of like going into a dressing room and watching yourself try on bathing suits because it's like, I don't want to think about that. It's very Mm. stressful to think Mm -hmm. about my strengths, my weaknesses, my likes, my dislikes, but you sort of have to do that if you're gonna figure out where you wanna go.
0: And then you can also ask yourself, a know yourself better question that we've talked about before, Gretchen, but you can really apply it to your work life, which is whom do you envy?
1: Yeah, that's a good Um, one.
0: That's something that really helped you make the switch from being a lawyer to a writer because you said you were so envious whenever anyone you knew was getting a book published.
1: Yeah, that absolutely helped me. And I remember when um, when Eliza was young, I was talking to some another parent and she said to me, Oh, I just so envy these art teachers, these teachers who get to teach art to these little kids as if it was this impossible dream and something that no Mm -hmm. one could do. And I was like, I think you could have that job. If you wanted to get a job like that, I think you could have a job like that. And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? I think to her it seemed so enviable Mm -hmm. and so magical. She couldn't imagine herself in that role. But if she had wanted to pursue that career, maybe she did decide to pursue that career. I lost track of her. Um, Asking herself, oh, I really envy these people. That could have helped her figure out, oh, this is something that I want to do.
0: I think, Rich, here's a great question to ask yourself if you're trying to um, think about if you should change jobs or how to change jobs. What would you do if you weren't scared?
1: That's a scary question, but it's a great question. It's related to our question that we talk about a lot, which is to choose the bigger life. Mm. which is to say to yourself, if I'm thinking about making this change, does that represent to me the bigger life? Maybe it wouldn't to everybody, but to me, is that the bigger life? Because we want to choose the bigger life.
0: And Gretchen, our listener Sophie has a good way of asking questions. She says in my notebook, I have a page with two columns. One is titled, what can I learn from this job? And the other one is, what do I want to learn? If the two columns have nothing in common, I know it's time to make changes to my situation. That's that is really self-aware and interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just very frank and like put it down in black and white. And the third thing I would say about this issue of how to switch and what to switch to is to really get the hard facts. Um, Like, if you're thinking you might need, oh, well, if I made this switch, I'd have to go back to school. It's like, okay, for how long? How many semesters? What would that mean? How much time would it be? How much money would it cost? Um, Because sometimes I think we get scared by thinking about everything that might be required by making a change, and so we don't even find out what it is. But the unknown can be scarier than the known, and, and it's easy to kind of fantasize about vague ideas and to have these daydreams. But then they also seem more out of reach. Whereas if you have the cold, hard facts, a lot of times things start to come into focus much more. And you're like, well, Mm -hmm. maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I don't want to do what it would take. But I know what it would take. And I'm making a mindful choice rather than just feeling like, oh, hand wave. I could never do that. Well, maybe you could. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also you might want to think of is there a lot of opportunity in that field?
1: Yep. That's a great question. Yeah.
0: Gretchen, our listener Lisa had a good idea for someone who's in this situation. She said... There has been some instability at my job, so I've been reflecting on what I really want to be when I grow up. Do I need a new job? Where does what I am good at intersect with what I am passionate about? To answer these questions, I started keeping a journal at work. I take a few minutes now and then throughout the day to assess how I feel. I might note what I am working on, the environment in the office, success and challenges, whatever insight I have at the moment. I don't write very much, but I feel like the pause and the check-in are going to help me either find a new position or help me make changes at my current place of employment." That's an amazing idea.
1: That's a great idea. It doesn't take that long. And again, it's going to these problems of identifying the problem, knowing yourself better. What do you want? Um, It's a very, I feel like, like a manageable monitoring. Yeah, you might discover patterns that you weren't aware of. Um, So I think Lisa's idea is really uh, valuable for anyone who's beginning to go through this process.
0: Mm -hmm. Coming up, we're going to talk even more about this topic because there's so much to say. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen. Now, one thing, um, if you're thinking about trying something new or switching careers and you don't know how to get going is you can listen to relevant podcasts because there are so many podcasts now about everything
1: yeah no and i think this is a great thing because like lisa's suggestion where it's there's a low barrier it feels manageable it doesn't feel too intimidating listening to a podcast is a way to get yourself into the flow start getting educated prompt ideas Get new thoughts, new possibilities in your head. But you're listening, and so you're gathering that information in a very kind of manageable way. Even if you're really stressed out or whatever, you could do it. So, like, Elizabeth, we hear from people all the time who want to start a side hustle or to get a toehold in a new career before they switch completely because they don't Mm want to, you know, take too big a risk. And they listen to the Side Hustle School podcast because... There are so many ideas about different ways to do side hustle school. So you could get skills, get strategies, get ideas, learn best practices and learn from other people's mistakes and failures. But it's in a way where you could do it on your commute, you know, or or you could just make it part of your ordinary life. It doesn't feel scary. And yet you are gaining knowledge and insight that's going to help you move forward in, in, in what can be a very scary transition.
0: Yeah, Grace, what I love about Side Hustle School is that I apply things I hear about how people have these side businesses to just my job. Yeah. Because there's just a lot of great information about how to run a company, how to do certain things that, you know, cross over. So I just love listening to Side Hustle School. Plus, I'm endlessly fascinated with the way people make money. I I can't get enough of it. I find it so interesting.
1: Yeah, like the book group for people who like to party. I mean, who who would have thought that's a side hustle? But, okay, so there's a whole episode about the book group for people who like to party. Um, But Elizabeth, I feel the same way about happier in Hollywood because I have no—I wouldn't want to have the kind of job that you have. But there's Mm. so much that I learn from how you guys think and how you manage. And it's just—you know—sometimes I think you can get insight from hearing how other people are thinking about it, even when the context is very different. So there's that kind of those universals, but then also there's the very specific. Like if you want to get a job in Hollywood, like I remember you and Sarah saying, you just absolutely have to have Final Draft. Like that is a software program you absolutely have to have. And if you're somebody who's going into that. It's like, okay, this is something that I really need to know, and uh, and now I know it.
0: Yes. So listen to podcasts. Yes. And yes, Happier in Hollywood is one that I would, of course, recommend. (laughs) Yes.
1: But there's a million podcasts about everything. Yes. Now, here's a related hack that could be controversial. I'm not sure everybody's going to agree with me, but I have found it hugely helpful in my life. Uh, which is that most decisions don't require extensive research. Mm. Because I think there is so much research now. Okay, we're just saying how there's all this podcasting information. There is so much research, it can get overwhelming, especially questioners who sometimes fall into analysis paralysis. What I do in my work life is I find a really smart person, I ask them what that person does, and I just do whatever they do. And I'm like, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Like uh, when I was starting my blog, I remember I I was like, I'm so untechnical. I don't know how to do this. I knew two people in the whole world who had started blogs. I asked them what platform they used. They both were using TypePad. I was like, okay, that's all I need to know. I I don't want to get this Mm. perfect. I just want to get it going. Like Mm -hmm. That's all the research I need. So I don't know that everybody would agree with that, but it works really, really well for me.
0: Well, Gretchen, a related happiness hack um, to that is to join a Facebook group about your work. Yes. Because that's like instant research group right there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You can ask questions. I mean, you can, um, you know, get advice. Um, We talked to someone on Happier in Hollywood um, who had started a group called Awesome Assistance in episode 61, which was just this. It's a Facebook group for assistance and they help each other so much. Even something like, what's a good restaurant to send my boss to in Beverly Hills? You know, to should I leave my job? You know, it really ranges.
1: That's the perfect example because you could spend hours and hours figuring out what's the best restaurant in Beverly Hills, but if somebody you know from dealing with them is very smart and, like, has good ideas, it's like, If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. If it's good enough for their boss, it's good enough for my boss. Like, I don't have to do extensive research because I found the shortcut. Um, And I think a lot of people use Facebook groups in that way. It's just like a super fast way to share information and resources, as well as support. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times you just like, I just need an answer, you know, to keep myself moving forward. Yeah. So good luck to everybody, all the listeners who are thinking about switching positions or switching careers in the upcoming year. It is a challenge, um, but it's worth it. I dramatically switch careers, Elizabeth, you sort of switch, I guess you switch careers less dramatically, Mm -hmm. but we would both say that it's totally worth it to go through that. Yes. So good luck. Good luck. So it's a huge challenge to think about switching careers, but here's a little thing just generally for work, um, which is to watch your language. Mm. One thing that I have noticed more and more as I've studied kind of happiness in human nature is that the language that we use is really powerful. And so you want to describe things in a way that kind of fit with what you like or what appeals to you. So... Um like, for me, when I go to conferences and I think about, okay, what do I want to get on this conference? I always think to myself, oh, I love to talk shop. I love to go mm-hmm. to a conference because I love the opportunity to talk shop. And I think that makes me feel more enthusiastic um, than, like, I need to network with 10 people or I need to meet, make five important contacts or something, which doesn't sound fun to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I really, I've really, i noticed I really like conferences a lot and other people complain about them. And I'm like, but I love conferences. Why do I love Mm -hmm. conferences? Because I love to talk shop.
0: Gretchen, what's another example of how you would tailor your language?
1: Okay, well, so I recently went through this because I have this issue in my work life where people will send me books um, Mm. that I have not requested but that they think would be interesting to me, and it's often they are interesting to me. And then also I will sometimes check out books from the library or I I will buy a book when I'm not 100 percent clear that it's relevant, but I'm sort of I, I take a very broad view and I i like I'm kind of a mm-hmm. greedy when it comes to books. So I will. And then they pile up and they're like literally mm. all over the place that I can't deal with it. And I was thinking to myself because I'm very systematic. I need a systematic way to deal with this because I it's just becoming a drag to deal with all this. And I feel weighed mm. down by it. Um, and I need to sit down and systematically think do I want to read this book all the way? Do I want to give it away? Do I want to flip through it and see if there's parts of it that are relevant to me? And I was thinking about, okay, well, what would I call this part? And I was like, okay, well, I will do book processing for half an hour every day until I get through this. And I'm like, book processing sounds (laughs) so boring and administrative and bureaucratic and dull. And then I was like, I'm going to call it book review because mm-hmm. I love book reviews. I, you know, yeah. I love to read and I'm like, ooh, I'll do a book review for half an hour. And just that change of language, which by the way, I haven't even started this yet, mm-hmm. but just <laughs> changing the language to being something that is felt more compelling, really weirdly changed my emotional attitude toward this task that I know that I need to incorporate into my work life.
0: Yeah, Gretchen, I think if you literally just change saying I have to do something, change it to I get to do yes. something, you know, that yes. changes completely your outlook on a task.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's a fun job and we enjoy it. Thing, exactly. You know? Yeah, staying focused on that. Now, Elizabeth, here is an interesting challenge about co-workers, which are definitely mm. something that can come up in our happiness at work. Caroline writes, as Labor Day soon approaches and I reflect on certain aspects of my work life, one particular issue keeps coming up, and I'd like to consider it as the new year approaches. I am a teacher and usually look forward to eating lunch with my co-workers in the teacher's lounge. The problem is one co-worker of ours. She's constantly complaining and talking about how terrible things are, from her students to her husband, her own kids' busy schedules, etc. Well, I don't think anyone is trying to change her perspective or force her to be happier, attempts to change the subject or to look at different perspectives are met with stories about how her life or situation is worse. She brings a completely negative vibe to the teacher's lounge, so much so that sometimes people get up and leave when she walks in. When reading Happier at Home, the part about Eeyores and Tiggers struck me, and I've tried to affirm her feelings rather than try to cheer her up. My question is this. How do we maintain a positive atmosphere with a negative co-worker in our midst? I mean, this is a tough one.
0: Very tough.
1: So she's talking about emotional contagion, which is that we literally infect each other with our emotions. And a very negative person will really affect the mood of an individual or a group. Um, And as she points out in Happier at Home, I talk about that at length and like talk about Eeyores and Tiggers and how Tiggers are sort of relentlessly cheerful and Eeyores are sort of relentlessly downbeat. Mm. So one thing you might want to think about is don't, try to argue against it or try to forcefully cheer her up, because that can sometimes polarize people. It can make yours act more eeyore uh, It is. It is. can be helpful to affirm someone's feelings, not to deny them, like, you should look at the bright side, but to say, oh, well, you're really worried about this. But also, Elizabeth, I wonder, for some people, any kind of response like that just kind of feeds into it. Mm. What do you think about just letting it fall flat? and just not responding when this coworker says negative things is that
0: I mean that's definitely a strategy to try because she said she's already tried the affirming and that yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Unless you want to come right out and say, "Hey, you know what? We'd really don't want to hear all this negative stuff right now in the teachers' lounge, which could be really awkward." Yeah. Um, and kind of ignoring what she says seems to be, uh, you know, something to try.
1: Yeah. Now, a very advanced strategy always is to use humor. Um, I feel like it's hard because when you're feeling mm. annoyed by what somebody's doing, it's very hard to really have a jocular tone, not to sound passive-aggressive, but to actually be making... I was going to
0: say, yeah, yeah that not, be, be passive-aggressive.
1: But if you could lightheartedly say, like, oh, you know, save it for your therapist, or I don't know, maybe that's passive-aggressive. But um, if you could joke about it or joke with other people or kind of maybe, uh, you know, get so exaggerated or uh, that can work. If you can strike a humorous note, that can often really diffuse the situation. But I do think that it's hard when there's somebody who people are finding difficult to truly have that uh, levity.
0: Yeah. I mean, is there any way you could pull her aside and say, hey, are you okay? Because you seem so unhappy every day. Ah. People are worried that you're really unhappy because she's probably just venting and not thinking anything about it. Mm. And maybe if if it was pointed out to her that people are really reacting to this, it might make her less likely to be negative. I don't know. Just a thought. That
1: is a good thought. That's a good thought. Um, well, one thing uh, often when people are dealing with somebody who's a big EOR, one of the things I always think is good is maybe you don't want to see them face-to-face. You could use email or something so that it's a little bit more of a barrier between you. But here, the problem is it's like she's coming right into yes. the teacher's lounge, and the only way people can avoid it is by walking out. Um, so that's a very, very difficult situation. So I wonder what other people have done in a similar situation like this where— yes. Um, and you don't want to all gang up against this person either, but it sounds like it's something where it's a, people are really having a very widespread reaction to one person.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy, Gretz, because right now I don't have anyone like this at work. Yay! Yes. Okay, Gretz, what is your um, idea about how to be happier at work? So my Try
1: This at Home related to a Happier Labor Day is to buy something concrete to remind you of your aims. Um, in my observation, and it's certainly true for me, people like to have something to hold. They like to have something mm. to look at. Um, it's helpful to have something that is like an object that adds up at, to be kind of a reminder or even a pledge to yourself, whether that's mm. like a fancy kind of office supply or you're going to get something for your desk or you're going to buy yourself a, a, an intention bracelet or whatever it might be. Um, now, I always think about what in Wald and Thoreau wrote beware of all enterprises that require new clothes and not rather Hmm. a new wearer of clothes. So I think you want to be careful not to like think, oh, if I just buy this stuff, the Mm -hmm. change will happen. It's never enough to just buy the stuff. But I do think it's helpful to have like that embodiment, that kind of symbolic object that stands for something that you've decided is important to you.
0: Well, Gretchen, I have to tell one quick story about this, which is Brooke, who used to be my assistant um, and who wanted to be a television writer, she bought a candle, the special creativity candle that you leave burning so you don't blow it out ever, Um, Ah. which sounds dangerous to me, but (laughs) that's what the candle is. And then you set an intention, and then when the candle burns out, your intention is supposed to come true. And she set her intention to get a job as a writer on a TV show, and when the candle went out we offered her the job on the fix. Oh my gosh. So she got us each one of those candles. So we have that in our office. We haven't lit it yet, but we're going to at some point.
1: Well, like the eternal flame, That sounds like quite a commitment. I was thinking more like a really great fountain pen or a special Mm -hmm. pad of paper, (laughs) like a new headset or something like that. But yeah, I mean, something that is really like specifically symbolic like that could be um, really powerful too. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, I think there's something about us where, It helps to have something physical to remind us of something uh, that's more transcendent, like what we want from our work life. Absolutely. So thanks so much to all the listeners. We have just been overwhelmed by people's ideas about hashtag Happier Labor Day. It's so interesting. Uh, now, remember, if you are in the United States or you want to observe the Labor Day, um, it's coming up on September 3rd, and we cannot wait to hear more about what people are doing, what they're thinking about. Uh, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at com, or... As always, you can go to the show notes for this episode, which is at happiercast.com slash 184 for anything related to this episode.
0: Coming up, we've got labor-related demerits and gold stars. But first, this break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job.
1: their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org/slash students. That's lls.org slash students. So Elizabeth, Demerits and Gold Stars, this episode, it's your turn for a demerit. Hit us.
0: Okay, Gretchen, my work-related happiness demerit is that I have not been on my treadmill desk, like, at all uh-huh. um, since we have started the fix. I keep thinking I'm going to get on it, and then I don't. Um, combination of we realize we have it situated in the office in a weird way where it's not conducive to, like, uh-huh. talking to people and uh-huh. being on it. But also, it's back to I haven't been wearing sneakers, and when I don't wear sneakers, I'm just less likely to get on the treadmill.
1: Mm. Well, this sounds like identify the problem is really helpful because it's you need the sneakers and you need to move the desk. Can you? Yes. Can you but do the that? problem
0: is I don't want to wear sneakers. I'm getting really into my professional dressing. Oh. So I have warring things happening here. So I need to resolve that.
1: Mm. Well, you do love your treadmill desk, though. So I know. I
0: need to get on it. I need to get on it. So, we'll. I don't know. Maybe I just need more comfortable non-sneakers. I <laughs> guess. But Gretch, what is your gold star?
1: Well, I want to give a gold star to listeners and readers. Listeners and readers are like my worldwide research assistants, and I cannot tell you. People send me great signage. They send me great suggestions of children's literature. They send me articles about color. They. Give me suggestions about how to eat low carb. They will send me podcast episodes that relate to the four tendencies, and I just feel so fortunate because I'm constantly like looking at this and clicking on this, and oh, I'll do. I mean, it's just it's sort of this vast, creative group of people who are feeding me all the information that I most desire. So I yes. want to say thank you to anyone who's ever reached out to me um, to tell me about something they thought that I would be interested in. Because the fact is, I always do look at that stuff or listen to that stuff or read that stuff. Or, um, and I really, really appreciate it. So gold star to the people who act as my research assistants.
0: Yes, Gretchen, you have a global network of research <laughs> I,
1: assistants. I do. I do. I do. And that makes me very happy. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Thank you to everyone for all the contributions to hashtag Happier Labor Day. Let us know if observing this day, sort of setting aside a day to think about how to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative at work was a useful exercise
0: to you. Gretchen, speaking of Hashtag Happier Labor Day, today is the last day for our wonderful producer, Odelia Rubin. I know. Uh, we are so sorry to see her go. We've loved working with her. But um, in work life, it's important to take on new challenges. Yeah. And Odelia, you're off to a position at Gimlet.
1: Yeah, that's right. I'm so sorry to go, but I've loved working with you. And I'm excited for my next challenge. I'm working on a show called Science vs. at Gimlet. And it will Great give- show, Great right show thank you I am i can't wait but um, it's hard to say goodbye yeah mm-hmm. but it. that's part of work it's, it's like taking on those new mountains exactly yes even though I'm sad to leave I am so excited for you guys to find out who your new producer is yes but I think you're gonna wait for the reveal till next week so stay yeah. tuned excellent
0: changes
1: at work yes Difficult, but good.
0: So a huge thanks to Odelia for all of your hard work on this show. Um, We really appreciate it.
1: Yes. Also,
0: thank you, as always, to Kristen Meinzer and Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: And if you like the show, you know what to do. Tell a friend. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Rate and review us. Um, The resources for this week, I have a one-pager that I created uh, called Working Better Than Before that's all about uh, work-related habits. And so if you would like to get that, um, email me to request it, or I'll post a link in the show notes. Again, happiercast.com slash 184. Um, And I want to remind everybody that every week I do an Ask Gretchen Rubin live show on Facebook. Um, Usually it's at 4 p.m. Eastern on Mondays, but you can always look on the events tab in Facebook if you want to know when the next one is. And I love to connect with people on Facebook. Um, We had an excellent conversation about how to be happier at work, but uh, every week it's something different.
0: Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft.
1: And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward.